0: Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. Okay, it's one o'clock. I think we'll start. um, Welcome to our podcast. Um, Gosh, what a busy day. So Thursday the 14th of October. And um, we thought it was busy before, didn't we? And now it all seemed a little bit, um, goodness me, what on earth is going on? Thank you for spending the time with us today. Um, and we will update you with um, various things, obviously some hot off the press and some we've known about for a little bit longer than just a few hours. So um, I welcome um, Lisa Harding, Director of Primary Care, who's doing the main presentation today. It's supported by Dawn Chalcroft, who's got a bit of a throat, so actually isn't doing much talking, but will be supporting in the background with links and all sorts of helpful things as Dawn always does. Um, so um, I'm going to and straight over to, um, to
1: Lisa um, to start the webinar. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, thanks, Louise. Um, afternoon, everybody. Um, we just want to start off this afternoon by acknowledging I'm sure that all of you have seen the new, the 200 million rescue package for GPs um, with much media focus on seeing a, a GP face-to-face. Um, what we do know at the moment is they're talking about that funding going to local systems, Um, and that plans have to be developed as a system by the 28th of October. So there's clearly some work to be done. Um, Concerningly, um, we've heard that they are planning to to publish a a league of practice performance, looking at those practices that they consider to be in the lowest 20% in terms of face-to-face patient contacts. So a lot of media frenzy around this morning um, and I think probably like, like us you haven't had time to necessarily digest it all just yet um, but what we wanted to do today was just acknowledge that it's out there. Um, BMA have already set out some of their concerns and um, really focused on the fact that and I think we would agree that it offers very little on the face of its general practice and doesn't do anything to reduce the bureaucratic burden that everybody is struggling under at the moment, particularly in that they don't intend to make any um, changes to QOF or anything like that. So um, what we're planning to do as an LMC is really look at the documents in some detail and give some thought around how we can support you as practices And how we can work with the local system. And perhaps one positive in the documentation is that it does appear to acknowledge that all of that needs the involvement of local um, medical committees. Um, But I'm just going to pass back to Louise briefly to give you an idea of how we intend to to, um, take that forward over the next sort of couple of weeks.
0: Yes, so um, our acting chief executive, um, Gareth Bryant, did a very good interview this morning with Radio Wiltshire. Um, he was run at half past seven to say what do you think. Um, so he did a live interview at quarter past ten, um, which came across very well. And I think Joe, our brilliant comms person, has already tweeted that. So um, that is available on our website if you want to have a look and listen um, to his very measured and reasonable um, but sort of accessible and interesting response to it. Um, we are going to be running a webinar on the 3rd of November at one o'clock Talking all about the current pressures in general practice, so that I'm hoping to get that out for booking this afternoon. Um, but if you can just save the date, it'll be lunchtime, one o'clock on the 3rd of November. We're very conscious that you're going to get a lot. I'm sure you're already receiving a lot of pressure at the moment um, from the, from patients because they're obviously reading the headlines. So there's a very good fact sheet. So I'll just let the GP um, from the BMA. GP campaign fact sheet that's gone out on our newsletter will also be on the website and that's got some numbers on it so if you want to sort of, if anybody challenges you or maybe even some local media ask you there are some numbers on that, some facts that are quite useful to go back because obviously there's a lot of emotion at the moment surrounding what's going on in the headlines and and reactions to it but if you want some facts that's also quite useful Um, and also this on the 5th of November we've got um, between one and two our social media webinar that's free to all of you to attend so various training hubs and CCGs and ICSs are supporting that for you so do again if you wanted to attend that and we're just trying to help you to get messages that are Factual and helpful to your patients, which hopefully they will then come back and help you with. Um, so that's also just to, just to put that out there. Um, finally, I've just been sent literally in the last couple of minutes um, the response from the IGPMs, so the Institute of General Practice Managers, um, that their response to the um, to the national document. So we will also be publishing that and pointing you in that direction. Um, and actually, before I go back to you, Lisa, I noticed a couple of questions, just in case. Um, So let's just cover those before we go on, if that's all right. So do you know how they get the data as the appointment mapping does not specifically state a face-to-face appointment? I don't know if we know that, do we, Lisa? I don't think we do, unfortunately not. Um, And there was an article in The Telegraph I saw yesterday or the day before talking about um, how the figures aren't accurate anyway. So I think there's a lot more to know. So sorry, Keely, we will try and help more with this, um, but at the moment we don't know. Um, Jenny says did you notice there's a deadline of two weeks time for a plan to be submitted we did notice that yes that's interesting isn't it I think Thursday 28th of October and there's going to be a simple template for everybody to fill out so we'll just wait and see Um, I don't think we know any more about that Lisa do we?
1: I don't think we do at the moment no no unfortunately Um, not
0: but as Lisa said, the good thing is that the LMC's are encouraged to the CCG's and other sort of local systems to try and put these plans together. So we, as we always do, we will keep you as fully informed as, as we do. But, you know, we hear this last minute like, like you do. So it's tough, isn't it? Um, is there anything further you wanted to say about that, Lisa?
1: I don't think so. I think, um, Louisa, to check, I'm sure as ever, we put reminders out in the newsletter on, on the website. So if people want to get more detail, that'll follow, won't it?
0: Absolutely. Well, as soon as we know more information, we will let you know. Um, and if anything in particular you are looking for or needing help and support from us with, please let us know because we're doing what we think will be helpful, but there might be something there might be something big that we're missing. So please let us know and we will do whatever we can. Thanks, Lisa. Okay. Thanks,
1: Louise. The other other, um, element that we really just wanted to acknowledge this morning um, was the relaxing of the infection control requirements around general practice. Obviously, secondary care was um, addressed earlier and we were sort of expecting the same to be applied to general practice. So um, there is more information about that out now. practices still have the flexibility to take the the measures that they feel appropriate to safeguard their patients and their staff. We absolutely recognise that it's going to be very difficult in terms of patient attitude and and, and patient expectations now that it's hit the media. Um, From our perspective, waiting rooms um, practice premises is still very different from cinemas, shops, etc. You would still expect that population to be inevitably unwell inevitably more vulnerable and those going out and choosing to go out shopping into cinemas etc you would expect to be well so we do feel that the goalposts are rather different um, so it's really just to acknowledge that um, and again we will be looking at that in more detail with more guidance and MC views to follow so just watch this space um but today really we wanted to focus on some of the contractual changes that have come into play from the first of october and some of the other sort of news headlines that we just wanted to make you aware of just conscious there's a huge amount coming out at the moment so i'm going to run through those um dawn's done an awful lot of work in the background um to research that so we will um try and update you with more information on our website on dedicated pages and i'll just mention those as i go through the slides but if we start off we thought it would be useful to just put them up on a powerpoint presentation to start off with so just to recap these these are the gms pms regulation changes from the first of october and there are some elements that I, I imagine that, again, that you're probably already aware of. There's quite a lot to digest in some of them. So as I said earlier, we will be adding more detail um, on our specific web pages. And we'll, we'll put that out in the newsletter so that you can find it relatively easily, I hope. So the first one is around general practice pay transparency. Um, so NHS Earnings have to be disclosed um, for individuals who have nhs earnings over 150000 in the financial year 2019-20 we think we're not 100 percent sure that that applies to gross earnings but as we have on the bottom of the slide we are raising this with the medical accountants shortly so we will be able to provide a bit more detail and clarity hopefully fairly soon um, you've got the link on the slide there to the more detailed guidance um, some of the key headlines I think just to be aware of are some of the time constraints. So those that self first self declaration needs to be made by midnight on the 12th of November of this year. So the timescales are relatively short. We believe that they need to be made by the individual um, via NHS Digital. Um, we think that you need a login to be able to do that. So the information is, as I say, within that that guidance um again we have huge concerns as do the bma around this requirement um it it feels that it's out with the spirit of, of the agreement um where there was an understanding that actually this would be applied to other contractors other individuals such as pharmacists and dentists uh, in order to have a fair playing field regrettably in our opinion it is it's just being applied to GPs um, that has been taken out by the BMA but that is disappointing um, as I say we're discussing this with the medical accountants shortly so we will provide a bit more guidance and clarity but do feel free please to post questions to us and we can raise them directly at our medical lunch club okay next slide please Okay, so this one we think probably it's useful to be aware of. Um, Again, there's a lot of detail within the regulations, which Dawn and I were just discussing this morning. There's quite a lot to digest. We have some queries on this. We don't think it's entirely clear. Um, So we have gone back to the BMA for a bit more detail and information. It was just to make you aware that there are changes and some detail within the regulations around Crown servants post overseas and their family med- members registering with GP practices and returning to this country and how they can register or remain registered with practices. Um, have a look at the section if you think that you might have patients that would be um, relevant to this. However, as I say, we will put some more information on our registration page um, when we've really teased out the salient points. So give us a, a week or so and we should have a little more information than we can upload for you. But again, post any questions and we'll pick it up. Next slide, You want please. to um,
0: have questions as we go, Lisa, when you say post any questions... Um, or would you prefer to wait to the end of the presentation? I'm happy
1: if, if we pick up questions as we go, Louise. Yeah, OK. This yeah. just one
0: from Jenny in asking about how does the disclosure of earnings fit with information governance as it's identifying individuals?
1: Absolutely. And I think that will be absolutely one of our concerns. The information that they're asking for is, is quite specific and very identifiable. And it'll be interesting to see if that's challenged. Okay, so this is really something that you're probably already aware of because it was part of the, um, the emergency measures uh, introduced during the pandemic, but it's now been formalized within the regulations. So that's just to confirm the removal of the requirement for individual patient consent when moving that patient with an electronic repeat prescription onto ERD. So just to say that's become permanent. Okay, so again, um, as Dawn's put on the slides, the vast majority of this you will be doing already. Um, I do, it does at least, I think, provide some clarity. So, this covers online consultations, video consultations, secure electronic communication methods, online facility to update contact information and signposting of information. So I think we've got a bit more detail on subsequent slides. So let's take the next slide, please. Okay, so the the first one is the online consultation tool. So I don't think this really changes anything particularly that you won't already be doing or be aware of. So that's just to have that software system, e-consult or similar to enable patients to make contact online, um, to raise concerns, um, ask questions, make a request or similar types of contact, Um, What I think is perhaps relatively useful within there, it does does, um, confirm that it does not require the response to be given by the contractor in real time. So we've already had one query in from the practice saying, does it specify any timescales? That's exactly what it says in the regulations. So I think at least it gives a little bit of clarity on that matter. Um, Again, the contractor has to submit to the board such anonymised data um, as the board may require, but that's a fairly standard requirement that's already within the contract around other areas. So there's nothing really new within that one. Okay, next slide, please. Again, um, a video consultation tool, which many of you will already have, Um, so practices must offer and promote to your patients the ability to take part in appointments or consultations by video call. However, worth noting that you don't have to provide a video consultation where it's not clinically appropriate or it would not be appropriate to the needs or the circumstances of the patient. So there's a bit of common sense in there. You don't have to do it if it's not appropriate. Next slide, please. And again, I think many of you will be doing this already and will have that functionality within your systems already, but you do need to be offering and promoting an electronic communication method that allows the practice and the patients to communicate with each other in writing. Um, and it, could, it can be incorporated into the same software tool as other functionality, and it, or it can be a standalone system. But I think many of you, if not the majority, will have that already. Next slide, please. Okay, and then just um, the last element of that, I think, is, is just to have um, an online facility for patients to update some of their personal information. So that would be things like the name, address, ethnicity, contact details, and electronic mail address if, if they have one. Okay, so this is, um, again, generating quite a few queries um, and a bit of concern, understandably, and we are awaiting a bit more detail So this is something, again, that Dawn's been looking into for us. Um, So there is a fee that has been agreed for this, which is £44 per exemption confirmation request. That is reflected in the SFE now. I know Dawn has been checking that gov.uk site. And as I understand it, Dawn, who can perhaps nod either way, I think at the moment it just takes you to the homepage. So we don't have that detail as yet, do we? So we don't know what the detail is as yet. Um, so um, the pro- patient process will be via 111, 119 as usual. However, we are still waiting to see how that exactly works. We believe the list of the medical exemptions remains very short as set out in the green book Um, as soon as we have a bit more information we will put that into our newsletter and reflect it on the website okay again this one i think i don't think there are any necessarily any any surprises within that um, but i think it's it's another one which may cause concerns around some of the workload implications so um, this is where the requirement is now within regulation to ensure the transfer of patient records between practices within 28 days of rec- receiving the request. Um, so, that's both GP to GP, but also paper records, I'm afraid. Um, so, so, that is a, a consideration for workload. Unfortunately, I know sometimes practices have said that this is very time-consuming um, sadly it is now a requirement that you do do it within 28 days and I think just on the next slide probably we just have we do get queries from time to time about deceased patient records um, and they do still need to be sent in in paper form to PCSE as per the regulations Um, so they need to be sent within um, 14 days beginning with the date on which the contractor was informed by the board of that person's death um, or in any other case before the end of the period of one month beginning with the date on which the contractor learned of that patient's death and I think that's just a, a worth being aware of. Um, I know Dawn checked today there's very little I think on the PCSE website so whether they're aware of that or not I don't know but it is a contractual requirement so it's worth being aware of. And I think that's it for the slides. Um, so, I don't know if we've got any Q- Q&As we want to take now around anything on that one.
0: Yes, there's just one that's come in particularly relevant to that, um, Lisa. Some plans of death, we have to hang on to the notes if we know there's going to be an inquest. And in fact, that was a conversation we had in the office yesterday. Those of us who have been practicumers before used to hang on a little bit, mm. just in case we knew there was something else coming up and you needed them. So, um, but I guess you can't do that anymore, Lisa.
1: Which seems... It's sense- ridiculous ethical, sensible. <laughs> because it seems really sensible to hang on to them so yes the, the regulations perhaps could have applied a bit more common sense
0: um, and there's a little other one from Katie. We've realized this is really for information, I think. We've realized this week that the e consult PDF of patient responses includes the commitment that they will receive your GP's feedback and treatment details by the standard response time rather than just a response from the practice. And this contradicts the e consult response and our response. So Katie says she's pursuing it with the team there, but it's led to an unpleasant complaint for them and their surgery. So she just wants to flag it in case anybody else wasn't aware. And she said she hadn't been aware of that.
1: OK, I think that's really helpful. And, and Katie, it would be really useful to hear the outcome of that. If, if you're happy to keep us informed via the office email, um, that would be really interesting because we can share any learning perhaps.
0: I think that's where these sort of events can be really helpful, can't they? So, really it's, it's always really helpful. So, um, a case a she Will, and they can't really not be very helpful.
1: Okay, brilliant. So, we had just a, a couple of other things to um, remind you or just um, update you on. CVP booster, just a reminder that the Pfizer PGD and National Protocol have been updated. Um, and I don't know if dawn has is able to put the links in the chat just in case people haven't seen them but I'm sure she's already put them on the website as well so just a reminder that they're out there and updated um, a small bit of perhaps good news around the Friends and family tests, Um, the temporary suspension of that requirement, the practices report to commissioners about the the family and friends test has been extended until the 31st of December, 2021. Um, So that has been extended to the end of the calendar year. Um, Then the next element we just wanted to make you aware of if if you have five minutes, which you possibly don't, but there is a consultation around extending free PPE beyond March 22. So, there is is no recommendation around a change in PPE usage between now and the end of March next year, Um, but there is um, a consultation around the usage going forward. Um, And there is a very short consultation. As I understand it, you can just answer, I think, three or four questions, yes or no. You can add extra comments if you wish around the extension of that. So, if you do feel that you would like to to participate in that, to send your views in, that might be helpful. I think the consultation runs until the end of this month. Um, And again, um, perhaps Dawn, if she has a moment, she can pop the the link into the chat in case people would like to, to, to participate in that. Okay. And the other heads up that we wanted to give you is that there is going to be a national public inquiry into COVID. We haven't seen the terms of reference yet so we know very little detail about it but we are anticipating that health organisations will be asked to participate so I think it's one just to be aware of I'm sure it's going to get some press coverage in, in the health mags um, so we will include more information as we hear about it but I think that is on the horizon so we will watch that with interest um, and I think That was everything that we had today.
0: Yes, thanks, Lisa. Um, So just in a comment from Yvette, um, we can wait some time to get the patient labels from PCSE. So we cannot send these back until we receive the labels. That's why we just want things to be joined up a little bit more, isn't it? Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. We disagree with you, Yvette. It's just frustrating, isn't it? Um, It's all very well having these timescales, but every party needs to sort of... um, Needs to comply with them and I just wanted to um, share something that we just saw advertised that the IGPM um, the Institute of General Practice Management is running a survey on practice managers how you feel workload how it's all been so I would just encourage you as you you will know they're a national organisation so I think it's worth filling that out um, because otherwise how will anybody know how practice managers are feeling and one of the biggest things is well we never know how you feel because you haven't got time to do anything well you haven't got time to do anything it's one of those vicious circles but if you do have a few minutes they promise us to sort of five to ten minutes worth I think it would be worth it and again we'll put the link into the chat I just wanted to draw your attention to the next um, practice manager update webinar which we're having on a Monday afternoon which is very unusual for us so it's Monday afternoon it's going to be three o'clock on the 1st of November and that is because we've got um, Sharni Baker coming um, from M- from um, LMC Law um, with Martin Donahue, her assistant um, who are going to be talking about it was following up from the HR um, section that we had at the practice manager conference is always HR issues so we're following up a little bit of some of the things she said then and seeing a few months on now where are we Um, so that hopefully should be useful for you there won't be the whole webinar and I'm sure there'll be plenty of other things for us to talk about but just to draw your attention to to it's going to be on Monday the 1st of November at three o'clock so that that's why that is why it's a different time because we had to schedule it in with the speakers so jenny says is that instead of the one in half term yes it is we thought half term a lot of people will be off so we're not running one in half term it'll be first of november instead um, and, and the the other two in november we've got planned already we've got um one of the somebody coming up um, who's involved in the medical examiner system that's just coming in um, from next year. So we're just doing a webinar for GPs on that. We also wanted um, all of you to be aware of just the system that's coming in that obviously will affect GPs, but as you know, everything affects you too. So you understand a little bit about what that system's all about and where their um, nervousness um, might be coming from because there's quite a lot of anxiety building about that. But some of it is because we, we don't really know what the is going to look like yet. It's very, very early days. We just want to give you a heads up for that. And then one at the end of November, is going to... We've got some um, people from public health coming. They're going to talk about childhood ins and some top tips for trying to get um, trying to get that back up and running again. So some top tips for getting to contacting patients and getting them back into your surgeries to um, have those vital um, childhood immunisations. So um, hopefully those will be helpful for you. And we need to evaluate then about how when we will be running these. We've varied a little bit um, to try and fit in people that um, couldn't make a Wednesday lunchtime. Um, so just any feedback that you want to give us on that is always helpful. Um, to be d- difficult please all the people all the time but we do try um, and we know it's important for you to uh, ask some live questions which is why we have to of varied them we always record them as a podcast um and so that's also obviously a way of listening to them afterwards and with this one we will obviously show as a um as a recorded webinar too because of them you can see the slides and i think just um watch this space we will keep talking to you and any more information we have on the new guidance that comes out um we will obviously let you know and support you in whatever way we can. Um, Lisa, have you got any sort of final remarks you want to offer? No, I don't think so. Thanks, Louisa and just to recognise
1: there is a vast amount going on. So please don't, you know, don't ever forget to use us as a resource. If you need any information, we're more than happy to be contacted. So um yeah that's what we're here for lovely
0: and i was at a practice manager conference last week and phil hammond the um, comedian was talking then he's also a doctor and he was just reminding all the practice managers on the call that don't forget to do the things that you really love so block in time for doing the things that you really like doing so whether it's painting walking singing in a choir or playing music whatever you want to do he said that he did sort of say well, don't, don't have too much wine but that might be your thing but don't forget to block out the things that are important to you because it's a tough job at the moment um as it as if it was never was um, But just look yourselves. Thanks very much everybody. Thank you Lisa. Thank you Dawn.